0: It is so good to be here tonight. I'm glad that you're here to join us for the middle of the week service. I'm going to ask a question, how many of you um, know someone who is a member here and you, keep, you still have a contact um, information or you still kind of keep in contact with them or you know how to get in contact with them? Somebody used to be a member, know how to get in contact with them, okay? Raise your hands again, raise your hands again, anybody? Okay, all right. Um, our anniversary coming up want you to invite them to our anniversary service March 17th on Sunday morning we're going to be starting at 10 o'clock we won't have Sunday school that morning we'll start at 10 o'clock now uh, we are also inviting um, those who were a part of our leadership team and their families um, former members who were part of leadership team to be a part of our dinner as well so um, if, you, if that person fits that category, you can invite them to that as well. Uh, then let me know that you've invited them and, and uh, so we can challenge them to, to come and be a part. We want to share um, what God has been doing here at Sweet Communion and how he has kept this ministry going. So looking forward to that. Turn tonight, let's take a, a look at Psalm 107. and ask you the question what's your favorite psalm what's your favorite psalm and why one of the things the psalms does is is it ministers to our heart we talk about prayer service and prayer time Uh, there's so many prayers in the psalms um, that the psalmist shows us that no matter what we're going through we can pray we can lift our hearts in prayer to God look at psalm 107 Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Now, if we've, been, we've been believers for some time. We know that, right? We know that God is good. We know that his steadfast love, in other words, he is faithful. He's not a fickle lover, right? He, he loves us all the time, and he keeps on loving us all the time. So what the psalmist does is he simply reminds us of truth that we need to be reminded of, right? We, We need to know that. We need to be reminded of that. And so he reminds us, the psalmist reminds us of this, of reasons why we ought to take time out to praise God. Reasons why we can uh, uh, how we can pray, express our hearts to, to, to the Lord. God wrote the psalms so that we could have an expression of our heart to the Lord. There's times like this psalm speaks of, of when we're giving thanks and sometimes out of joy. But we're not always giving thanks out of joy, are we? In Psalm 34, turn there real quickly, uh, Psalm 34 I like that one. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The reminder the the is there is even when things aren't well, I can still praise God. I can still thank Him. I may not be happy all the time. You probably aren't happy all the time, right? You don't have a smile. You know, the pleasant look you have on your face right now, you don't always have that. thank god the uh the kind of tired and sad look you have on your face right now you don't always have that (laughs) the burdened overwhelmed look you may have on your face you don't always have that but we don't always have a happy face either and and the psalmist reminds us that we still have reason to give thanks to god i will bless the lord that's kind of a challenge he's reminded himself that even when the news isn't good or what I want it to be, I can still bless the Lord. Why can I still bless the Lord then? Because that news is temporary, right? It's temporary. It's about this life, and our eternity is already settled, and God has done that. And so uh, we're not saying, you know, just forget about your troubles. They're nothing. We're saying put them in perspective with eternity. And the psalmist says, That's how we can praise. I will bless the Lord at all times. Let's take a minute. What's your favorite song? Anybody have a favorite? It doesn't have to be your only favorite, but well, what's some of your favorite? Mickey has one Psalm 51. What's favorite about that one? I love that Psalm too. And this shows that we can pray to God. Even when we have sinned, if we're praying for repentance, have mercy on me, forgive me, cleanse me. Gail, you have a one favorite?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those are Psalm 51. I'll show you. I'll, show you. I'll lead you with my eye. All right, Uh, Nick? Okay. Good, yes. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Chantel, you had a favorite. Lift up my eyes to the heels. Whence, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We, we sing a song, My Help. And uh, certainly it's good to, uh, to remember songs that way that remind us of God's truth. Dwayne. Psalm 1. All right. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. His delight is in the law of the Lord. One last person. Heidi? Verse 25, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart. And my portion forever. (laughs) That's also one of my favorite songs. But for a different reason. A couple different verses. It's a a long section. Um, But he he says. um, Verse 2. But as for me. My feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked. (laughs) So he goes on to say that. Uh, what discouraged him is he saw people who did not love the Lord doing well. And he said, I didn't understand it. He goes on in verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned therein." And so God's word helped him sort out the confusion of this world. And that's a blessing to me because when you, you listen to the news, you You walk through this life, and you see things that happen to others, even things that happen to yourself, and you go, that ain't right. That ain't right. But then you read God's Word, and you understand it's not right, but it ain't the end. And God's going to um, do some things, and he's going to take care of things. So I am in his hands. I'm glad to to know that. Thank you for sharing the Psalms that uh, bless your heart. Reflect on those today as we pray. That the psalms teach us how to uh, direct our hearts to God, no matter what our situation is. That's why we love them so much, because they minister to us right where we are. So may God uh, get praise from you as you think and pray back to Him, His psalms, and be thankful to Him. the saints.
1: In our time of meditation, going to be in the book of Hebrews again. One of the things sometimes as we read through the word, if it takes us a while to get through a book sometimes, we can, <clears throat> as they say, you can lose the forest by looking at the trees, right? So we want to make sure that we get the entire forest or what the whole book is talking about. Just do review sometimes it's necessary to review in Hebrews it talks about how God speaks in various ways throughout all the scriptures but today he's speaking through his son and after speaking through his son he talks about the fact that we should not we need to pay special attention to the word that comes from the son since the message that came from angels was enforced with judgment how could we ignore the message that came from the sons if the angels are just servants right and the son in chapter one is more important than the angels and then it talks about how um when you look at moses um you consider the calling of jesus and we look at moses we see moses was faithful and everything but jesus was more faithful so we should pay attention to Jesus' words even more than we pay attention to Moses' words right About Jesus' words, and then he ties it into what the Old Testament talks about—about about they shall not enter my rest. And his whole point is that just like God has a promise of His promised land, that promise also comes with a judgment as well. And those who don't follow God's word will enter His rest. The same with Jesus—you don't listen to Jesus' word, you will not enter His rest. And then we get into chapter five. He starts to talk about Jesus being a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And then after that, he starts his rebuke section, right? He's saying, hold up now, I gotta stop because I get the sense that you guys can't follow along with what I'm saying. Why can't you follow along? Because you have not applied yourself to continue growing spiritually. Things in the old scriptures that have been made clear to you are not as clear as they should be. So we had to keep on pushing ourselves to grow, don't we? But so we also don't get caught in that same rebuke. But then in chapter seven, he starts to expound on what Melchizedek, why Melchizedek is so important. Melchizedek is important because he's a symbol. The scriptures use him because his name means King of Righteousness and King of Peace, right? He's a king of Jerusalem. He's a high priest towards God. He's not listed as having a father or mother. And Jesus is said to come from the order of Melchizedek. And when you look at the order of Melchizedek, you could say, how can there be an order of Melchizedek? Well, it talks about the fact that there was this was established before abraham even had a son right and so what we know is that this order of melchizedek it transcends the levites and the fact that another priest will come according to the order of melchizedek talks about the fact that there's going to be a new law there's going to be a new relationship with god law is just another way of relating with god right there's going to be a new relationship with god and a new covenant and what does that new covenant entail so he starts to talk about that in chapter 8 what does a new covenant entail what entails people who don't have to be taught to obey the Lord they already obey the Lord because they have the Holy Spirit living in them they don't have to be told be filled with the Holy Spirit because they already are filled with the Holy Spirit we only need to be told that to be even more filled with the Holy Spirit right? we live in a different age we don't have to tell anybody try hard to understand the scriptures no you do understand it so obey right so then in chapter 9 he starts to talk about something a little bit different now even the first covenant had regulations for worship in an earthly place for of holiness for a tent was prepared the first section in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of presence, it is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second section called the most holy place, having the golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's staff that budded and the tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. According to his arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper, but deal only with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of reformation. (laughs) What is he talking about? What is he talking about, right? This is one of the parts where people are looking at it. Man, that's why I don't like the book of Hebrews. Um, But there is a lot to be learned here what is he saying well he says when you look at the old testament what do they spend all these chapters in exodus and leviticus going over? simply a way yep all these things that we had a relationship with god right how do we cleanse ourselves how do we approach god how does god view us what's right what's wrong all those things you look at leviticus all these different rules and leviticus is a good book I know many people try to skip over Leviticus, but you really should get into Leviticus. There's some good stuff in there, right? And so you look in there and you start to see, why does God see homosexuality as wrong? Right, you skip Leviticus, you're missing that. Why does God view incest as wrong? You skip over Leviticus, you don't see that. So God goes through all these different things. And then if you look at it, he talks about how he wanted men to worship in this special place. And the priest couldn't even go into this special place of worship, right? They went to the outer court and into the inner part, the most inner place, only the high priest could go. And he could only go once a year. And he had to offer sacrifices for himself and for the people. But the thing about it is we know that the blood of goats and sheep, that's not going to change anybody's heart, right? Right? If you sprinkle some blood on the outside of a person, is that going to change them and make them stop being one of being a thief if they got caught stealing? No, there has to be more. He talks about the conscience. He says, but deal only with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of reformation. What it's talking about is this, that people didn't have access to God the way we take for granted now it's true anybody could pray and prayer was allowed but not anybody could just go into the Holy of Holies if you went in there you were considered to be in the presence of God and once you were in the presence of God you were held to the standard of what would it take to be in heaven with God you know what that means that means nobody could come in there but the high priest and when the high priest came he couldn't come guilty Even the high priest would die If he came in there Without paying attention to the fact That he also was a sinner In other words The old Covenant was one that was Full of judgment right? Because in many ways It just pointed out All the different ways that we were not Worthy to approach God And that's one thing we need to think about When we look at the Old Testament Don't get me wrong saints are still saved as we'll talk later in the book of Hebrews I think that's why we have chapter 11 it's going to talk about why they were saved even though they had to do all these different things because guess what they weren't saved by some blood that they offered they were saved by faith just like we were but he simply talks about what we were doing why we were doing those things we were doing that to bring us to this point that moment when finally that new high priest will be revealed that will open the way towards God that will show us not only a cleansing on the outside but a change of the heart itself to not want to do evil and that's a whole nother level of power so with that got any questions or comments so we'll continue on with that next week thank you
2: Good evening, everybody. Tonight, I want to focus. I gotta move away from the thing because the thing is driving me crazy already. <laughs> um, tonight, I w- want to focus on our children's ministries. Um, I want to have two people pray, but I think it's it's an important thing because I th- I think I can speak truthfully in my observations. But for um, parents who have grown children, there's probably no bigger blessing. And seeing your kids serve the Lord. And on the flip side, there's probably no greater sorrow than seeing your kids not serving the Lord, not saved. Um, so I know for me, that's one of my biggest hopes, is to see all my children become saved and to stand mightily for God. Um, so I want to get one volunteer to pray for truth seekers. Let's go on next door. Who wants to do that? And then let's have one other person pray for the Sunday school ministry as well, um, which is also a great teaching moment for the kids. And the kids, I think, really get a lot out of it and seem to really be participating. Um, So who wants to pray for that? Sunday school. Obviously not picking you, FYI. (laughs) Um, And then I'll finish up. So we'll have Nick and Heidi, and then I'll finish. Lord, we just lift up the different children's ministries. We just lift up um, each teacher there, and we lift up each parent. We know ultimately you are the one that changes these children's hearts and brings them to a relationship with you, but we just ask that you continue to work through um, the teachers in the Sunday, save each and every one of them and help them to be strong, godly influences in our world that's becoming more and more ungodly. (coughs) We lift up the parents, Lord, as they are faithful in bringing their children You've entrusted each one of them with the, their individual child and the awesome responsibility to lead them in a godly manner. And we just ask that you continue to help them stay diligent in their children to church. Um, help ins- that be an instilling into the children that church isn't just a thing you do, but it's a part of your life. And the more and more the parents bring their children here on a more consistent basis, the children see that, and the children emulate that, and they see how their parents believe everything that they say they believe, and they, they act out. On those beliefs. We ask that you continue to just be um, with your people and, and these ministries and just continue to bless them. In your name we pray.